0: Hey, y'all, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to our amazing guest today. She's been on the podcast actually once before, talking about something a little bit different, but we are going to have the amazing Patty Lennon back. Patty is a best-selling author, a keynote speaker, a certified coach, and founder of The Receiving School. She is a former type A corporate banker who discovered that there was more to her life than making money. Patty holds a master's in psychology and has been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, and Daily Worth. She blends brain science and metaphysics to help her fellow humans manifest their dreams into reality. And I have had the honor of Having Patty as a friend, as a coach, um, as like my number one cheerleader in certain times. It's funny. I when I first met Patty, I'm going to tell this story quickly, and then I have an announcement, and then we're going to get her on the show. But when I first met her, I was at an event of somebody who I was thinking about um, making my coach at the time. And I went to her event and it was wonderful and I met so many amazing people, but I really left with this really adoration for Patty Lennon, who I think was at the time the coach of this woman whose event I had gone to. And so I bought her book, I had her sign it, I said hello, and I joined her email list and that was kind of it. And then I just, I knew she was the person that I was supposed to meet that day, which is something I tend to do as an introvert as I go to events. I tend to find the one person who um, is meant to be the one who I'm supposed to follow up with. And I didn't do much with it, but one day, a few months later, um, another friend of mine invited me um, to the table. We were just spending a couple hours going through her latest body of work, and there was Patty sitting at the table. And so then we became friends, and that was amazing. And she then um, helped me so, so much when I was launching the Planned Simple Meals book and I had done a crowdfunding campaign for it and she was just, I just remember her calls being like, how's it going today? How are you doing? She happened to have written a book about crowdfunding too, but um, she just didn't have to show up in that way. So I'm always grateful for Patty Lennon and she also has had amazing um Thoughts on time. So very often I share the strategy to if you don't do something in a week, not to ignore it or feel bad about it, but simply just like move it to a slot in another week. And I share that all the time. And I think I originally received that from Patty Lennon. So I'm super grateful if you're listening, Patty. So I'm going to start off with a quote from this episode. And then again, I'm going to share an announcement and then we're going to get Patty on the show. So I want to share something that Patty said. She said, you are loved, you are cared for, you are worthy, always. You always have support and all your desires can and will be met. If you do one thing, let go and receive. That is what creates space for magic. So Patty said that. I believe in her most recent book Make Space for Create Space for Magic Make Space for Magic I think is the name of the book. Everyone should go get it. It's so good. If you Google Patty, you will find it. We also have a link to it in the show notes. Make Space for Magic. She also has a podcast by the same name and She's going to tell you all about making space for magic in this episode in one minute. But before I get her on, I have to tell you, talking about making space, it has been so fun to be hosting so many retreats and offerings over the past couple of weeks. We did um, your best holiday season ever in December, which was a three day retreat. And now we've been running your best year ever. And I just have to tell you on the podcast, your best year ever is not all unicorns and rainbows. My best year ever was last year, and I'm sure my next best year ever will be this year. And I also opened up and grew and had some of the hardest moments as well. That's what creates your best year ever. And so we've been stepping women through the process of really creating a plan for what they dream most of no matter what's happening around us because crazy things are happening around us but that's okay we can do hard things anyway that's why we're here so we've been doing that workshop and now the doors are open for flow 365 and flow 365 is amazingness and it's just so good and if you're interested in having big dreams, making plans for them, and having the support you need for a full year to really see them through in all the different seasons, I highly, highly, highly recommend looking into it and seeing if it's something that you want to join. I really do believe, I know that everything in life is an investment, but this one is so worth it and is, I don't know, it's just amazing. To me, it's like, It's what I wish I had 10 years ago, and now I I have it because I made it, and I love it. And we do all sorts of things from dreaming together. It's the most supportive group. Every Monday, I'm in there listening to what is going on, coaching everybody on what they're doing for the week, and everybody's choosing and committing to what they're doing for the week. This is every Monday, all day long. We have lots of calls. And then throughout the week, you're supported. Like you get to co work with other women who are also showing up to their best years, to their best lives. And you get to co work with them. And the energy of that is amazing. And it's not like you're not talking, you're like doing your stuff. You're writing those emails, doing your social media, cleaning out your closet, whatever it is that is in your world that day. And you do those things. And then on Friday, we're celebrating and we're planning the next week. And then there's all this other magicness that happens in between. So we are supporting a woman on every step of the process of growing, of becoming the next version of yourself. I call it like handholding. It's so fun. Um, And I'm just so excited to meet the next class. And we have enrollment open. It feels like it's been open for a long time. And now if you're listening to some real time, it's only open for another week. We close enrollment on January 19th at the end of the day. That's a Wednesday because then on the Thursday, the 20th, we get out all the packages to all the women so that we can all be in retreat together on the weekend of the 28th so exciting. So go check that out at plansimple.com flow365. Check out what the offering is, read all about it, read lots of testimonials from women who've had amazing results. And if it speaks to you, I totally look forward to seeing you on the other side. If you have questions, reach out to us. We are more than happy to answer them. And yeah, I'm so excited. So with no further ado, let's get the amazing Patty Lennon on the show. Hello, Patty Lennon. Welcome to the Plan Simple podcast again. Actually, I think I've had you on before at some point. I did have the privilege of being here once before. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited on so many different levels about your new book, which is what prompted this this interview this time. So. I'm not even sure where to start. I feel like there's so many levels to everything. And and it's funny that when I was thinking through this, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go in all the wrong order. So why don't you just, will you just get us settled and grounded a little bit in why you believe so strongly in teaching women, I guess it's mostly women about receiving and mm-hmm. where this is coming from. Just give us the, your version of the backstory.
1: Yes. So at the core, you know, I think the The best teachers are the ones who teach what they need to learn because they're never confused about the journey and what it looks like. Sometimes if you don't, you know, something you're so beautiful at is holding space for people. I think it's impossible to hold space for someone if you don't understand what the space you're holding looks like for them. So why I'm so passionate about it is because I struggled for so long and continue to struggle. You know, I think learning how to receive is not a one and done kind of, you know, it's not a modulated course, despite the fact that I have a program that is modulated. It's not, there's no finish line. And when people start that program, I always say, this is not a program you finish and you're suddenly like receiving master. Every time I run it, I take it myself. So The reason I feel so passionate about it probably goes back to one experience, which I talk about in the book um, that you referenced, Make Space for Magic, where um, my mom had cancer and ultimately died from cancer, but it was a three-year journey and I was her caretaker. And during that time, she had such a hard time receiving help from me. And the resistance she had to that help made my job about a thousand times harder. And it was in being on the other side of that experience that really showed me who I was, because generally this, this gets handed down to us, you know, 100%. <laughs> so the reason I'm so passionate about it is one, my mother's journey would have been so much easier if she understood how to do this. And since then, I know my life got so much less, had so much less suffering, right? Like you're going to have difficult experiences in your life. You're going to have times where things just don't go well, but the amount of suffering you experience is directly tied to your ability to receive what's happening and receive the help and the guidance you're getting along the way.
0: I love it. I love it. I'm going to read like a little teeny sentence that I want everyone to hear this is from Patty's book. She says, here's the message. You are loved. You are cared for. You are worthy. Always. You always have support and all your desires can and will be met. If you do one thing, let go and receive. That is what creates space or magic. And that really stuck out to me for so many reasons, because I watch so many people, you know, stack their schedules so much that there is literally no space to receive and create magic. And also because my listeners are a little bit more aware of my story of the past year than Patty is who's here, but I'll, I'll give a brief synopsis, which is that last year was pretty much one of the hardest years of my life personally and there was probably more magic than i have ever experienced or would have ever known like the hardness of the experience was just so life giving and it it changed things in a way that i couldn't have i couldn't have seen or changed any other way than exactly how it happened and it's really interesting cuz when I tell people out loud or when I write an email, sometimes I'm like, am I communicating this right? Cause I get a lot of email back. Like, I'm so sorry. Like that must've been so hard. And it was in the moment. And I'm so grateful for like every second. And I just think that this muscle of really creating this space and receiving is like critical to, the feminine like energy. Like, I just think it's, it's so critical to being a woman and we were just so conditioned not to let it in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, receiving is the feminine aspect of the human experience. And as women we're here to hold to sort of be the um, magnetic pull towards that pole. So we birthed ourselves, meaning like our souls chose to be humans in a in a time where the the earth is more polarized than it's ever been. Yeah. And it's polarized on issues, it's polarized on um materialism, it's polarized in in so many ways, but the the true poles are meant to be the masculine feminine and they are meant to create balance by having equal energy pulling towards each. And yet they haven't on this planet. So we've moved over you know, hundreds, probably over thousands, but definitely hundreds of years towards a dysfunctional male energy, masculine energy on the planet. And so as women, we're both socialized to not receive, which is fascinating. And then yet we're also here to be that anchor to that magnetic pull, you know? Um, and I want to take a step back and, and, kind of speak to what you just said. And and maybe when we finish this, we can talk more about what has gone on. But I understand what you're saying about when you've gone through something that is bittersweet or excruciating and yet had something beautiful come of it. It is really a lonely experience when you want to celebrate the other side of it. Because people haven't caught up to where you are. And if you haven't gone through it, they actually can't wrap their heads around it. Right. So I, I hear you, I hear you. And, and I want to honor that. I like receive what you're saying. Truly.
0: I love that. Thank you. And the good, the, the thing that I did, because I've, learned from people like patty over the years is i really surrounded myself by a tribe of people who could hear it so for the you know so i felt super supported during the whole thing um and you know but and everyone has their work but so the the reason that i'm sort of now sort of coming out and like needing to tell more of the story is because of this aspect of really like letting go which was from the passage that i just wrote because i think I don't know that we really understand. I mean, I know that we don't really understand what that looks like. So can we talk like more, like, what does that look like to let go? Because, because I think we think that that means like, we don't do anything, which is true. Like sometimes we're, you know, sometimes we're just like really clearing our our schedule and not doing anything, but a lot of times there's, there's work involved. (laughs) It's just different kind of work. (laughs) And so like, let's talk about like really what ends up taking up like time and space when you do let go to receive.
1: Yes. So I'm gonna give a quick answer to that. And then I'm just gonna go and and I wanna tell a little story about where that passage, why I say that with the way I say it. So So for most women in midlife, and by midlife I'm talking, you know, once you've hit Main childbearing years, whether you have children or not, but you're either you've got little humans you're managing, or in a community you're a caretaker, or you're taking care of those aging parents. Um, for you, if you don't understand what let go means, you haven't actually navigated that before because life hasn't either forced you. Because life can put you on your knees where you have no choice but to let go. 100%, yeah, it's been it's ripped out of your hands. And that will be one kind of learning. But if you haven't had that, almost always the internal experience of let go is to give up. And giving up and letting go are very different. But giving up is the way you will experience it because it's the way that your mind, your brain has come to process letting go. And it's why you struggle so hard with it. Because from when you are a small child, you hear messages of how terrible it is to give up. Mm, That's so good. Yeah. And so when we're little beings and we don't have these abilities to create these um These, you know, our macro concepts essentially are very big. The file drawers that we put all information into that we make sense of the world in are very big. And what that means is when you have a small child and they're just to give you understanding what we're talking about with macros is um, when you have a small child, they will think a car, a truck, a construction vehicle, an ambulance, all of them are one thing. And almost always they call them trucks. (laughs) Right. Um, But they might call them something else. As they get a little bit older, as a small child gets a bit older, first they can differentiate between big truck, small truck, car. Right. And then as they get older and older and older, they get more differentiated, more nuanced. They get more nuanced because they keep getting spoken into those categories. They'll say that's a truck and we say, oh, that's actually a fire truck, right? We we correct and we adjust and we feed them the information for the differentiation. Giving up, the first time they've experienced us being critical, us being the adult being critical of giving up, either whether it's towards them or someone they know, They often don't get a lot of discussion fed into the nuance of giving up versus letting go. And so that macro concept stays very large. And every time you actually release and let go, it gets put into the drawer that's called giving up. Um, So I will tell you if you're listening to this and you're like what's let it, letting go look like? I will tell you most likely whatever you're trying to let go of that you know you have to let go of ask yourself what it would look like if you gave up. What would it look like if you gave up on your child's learning disability? What would it look like if you gave up on your marriage? What would it look like if you gave up on your health? And there'll be some stuff in there that's toxic that you're not going to do, right? Like you you're not going to do like what are clearly objectively horrible things but it might look like you're not giving enough for a while
0: and that really is part of it right because we get stuck in this like with the giving up um we get stuck in like a a thought loop basically. Right. That like, and we're actually judging more the idea that we've given up than like, we're not doing whatever the thing is. So we've decided not to get like to give up on, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. And when you give up, what it does is it stops
1: your brain from searching for the next thing you need to do. And oftentimes the thing you need to let go of is something you're trying to fix. That's why it shows like the, the marriage, the health, the children, um, but like a really simple one, you know, you've got I've got teenagers right now. Right. And their social engagements are such that I want to insert myself and give them my two cents on shit that's going on. Whoops. Sorry for that. It's OK. Um, all the time. Right. And so one way to look, one way for me to navigate that would just to be to keep running the scenarios in my head and not saying anything. But that's not actually letting go, actually handing them back to the divine that is their true parent and just trusting that the divine is going to actually inspire me to say something if I'm meant to do something looks very different. So if I say to myself, I'm just giving up on this, it is the closest that I can describe to someone else on what the internal experience of letting go actually looks like. I love that. Okay. So let, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, let me just take a step back and say the passage you said though. The reason I say it that way is because, um, when I started getting messages through spirit guides and loved ones, which hasn't been my entire life, it started late in life at 35, 36. And now that I'm 50, I've been doing this for now, like 14 years. um, You look great for 50. So almost every time a loved one comes through for someone for the first time, or a spirit guide, like someone has never talked to their spirit guides and I'm the first one to help them do that. The very first messages are, you are loved and we are so proud of you. And so if you're listening and you're wondering what your loved ones would say, no matter how dysfunctional your human relationship was, if you're wondering if you have angels, spirit guides, what they want you to know, those are the first two things that they tell me to tell you almost always. And if it's not that it's some variation on that. I love that. So anyway, I just wanted to share that because I think it's so important right now to understand so many times we are wondering if we're doing enough, if we're making like for me, both my parents are on the other side of the veil and I don't worry if I'm making them proud because I do talk to them all the time. But if I didn't have that communication, that would almost always be my very first question and always they see
0: how hard it is to be here. And so they're always so proud. Yeah. We do a, um, we do a a guided meditation journey in all of our retreats um, that usually involves going and meeting your future self. And pretty much that's, you know, some flavor of that is always the message that even your own future self gives you. Um, And any sort of meditation like that. I'm like, I, I would say it's like 85% of people <laughs> have that message. So I love okay. that. Okay. So, so we let go. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is the human inclination is that if you let go, you, you basically are opening up space, right? Which is great because that's how the magic comes in. Yet we live in this very sort of I hate the word busy, but we live in a busy world, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's our job to sort of find, you know, I don't even like saying find the space, but, but, but we really do have to um, hold the space. Let's say that we have to hold the space within our own lives to not let all that busy in. And I feel like a very easy thing to do, or maybe even a, a natural thing to do once we've decided to sort of give up um, is to fill the space with something else. Mm. So, yes. how talk a little bit about that? So, I think um, one of the experiences
1: that I notice a lot of people have when they first play with this energy is to um, essentially approach it like I've got to carve out space for Mm -hmm. myself. Right. That's okay. I'm going to carve out. I'm going to let go of this big thing. That's been taking up my mental energy, my physical energy. And I'm going to, I'm going to basically like hold that. But like, it's, there's almost this energy of like, I've got to like Bring my like hours in or my minutes in, and I gotta like put my arms around them and keep all of the like. They're gonna go somewhere if we can't hold on tight enough. (laughs) You know, his enemies at the door, ready to come and grab those minutes back, right? And even if we don't mentally think that, that's how we're energetically holding the space. And so, actually, what that does is it puts us into an energy of resistance. Because yes. what we're doing is we're trying to shove back these obligations that are coming in that could fill the space that we've given ourselves. And we're right. almost making space the obligation, which right. we don't want to do either. Right. And so what starts happening is, um, and let's talk in more concrete terms, let's say on a really basic level, like I'm going to go back. I think a lot of the women in this listening are parents. Yes, that is true. Okay. So as parents, especially when you've still got children at home, there's usually community obligations, some type of fundraising or showing up at events, or maybe lots of the parents, you know, this is happening for my kids. Um, we already made the decision as a family not to do travel sports, but that sort of like invades, you know, like, how could you not do a travel sport? I was the starting goalie, you know, like you know, that's not our, that's not our family. Right. Okay. So you decide I'm not going to be a part of the fundraising. Like I'm not giving the school any more hours. I need that time for myself. And let's say that fleet frees up like three hours or six hours of saving more than that. God bless you. But, um, (laughs) right. So now you should not be like, like a beast calling people from seven to eight at night, if that's what you were doing or whatever it is. Right. Well, now all of a sudden there were other things that like start to drift in. And the thing you could do is sort of like with your energy, like push them away. What you want to do is actually receive the requests for your time and just let it pass through you. So, you're not trying to hold it at bay. You're actually saying, uh, Oh, you would like me to take you driving, child that just got his permit, now that we're not doing whatever, and I now have from six to seven available. No. And then, but it's not no with your hands out. Oh, why are you asking me? It's I receive that you would like my time, and I release that request. And so that's sort of the alternative to not letting other things creep into that time. And it really does require, I think when you're first building this muscle, it requires actual frameworks, meaning Friday from 12 to three is my time, you know? And so then as requests for that time come in, it's a non-negotiable, but with this flowy energy.
0: Yes.
1: Yes. Rather than um this oh god those horrible yeah. people don't
0: they know 12 to 3's me
1: time
0: yes know? i love that okay let's talk about this same quality of time when it's not that we're saying no to something actually we're saying almost trying to say yes to something right so like so you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs in the mix or people who have a project, maybe around, like, you know, there's projects that are coming up. Maybe we want to declutter the basement. Maybe we want to launch a product in our business. There's Mm -hmm. things that need to happen. And and so we're opening ourselves up to receiving, you know, doing that thing with ease, inspiration, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then there's some level of, like you sit down and you write the emails and it could take a certain amount of time or you go down in the basement and you do the work. But I also feel in that situation that sometimes we, we play that same game of I'm not going to receive the ease that could happen in this. Do you know yes. what I mean? Yeah. So how compare that situation. So I think it's it, the thing in that
1: situation is I don't think you can receive ease. Ease is what you create. You can receive what you actually want materialistically. Meaning, yes. if you want the emails done, like materially, they're written, right? Like they're yep. in physical form. You want the basement decluttered. The basement is decl like is absent of clutter. There's like a finish line that you would yep. like. Yep. So that's what you really want to receive. Yep. And so the um the rule. So there's in the book, there's five rules of receiving. And the rule that I talk about related to this is called the 100% rule.
0: I was going to ask you about the 100% rule. So yay.
1: Yeah. So what we often do to ourselves is believe that if it takes, let's talk about an entrepreneur first, and then we'll talk about the declutter. Because I think the entrepreneur track actually comes with a lot more dysfunctional invasive messages. Yes. So if you're going to have a successful sale, you need to have, let's say, 16 emails, and then you need to have an event. Either it's a webinar or it's a, you know, a sale or it's a summit, whatever it is, and that needs to happen. You need to have a certain amount of people in it and blah, 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 right? Yep. And um, to a certain extent, there are some rules that are pretty much in existence, you know, like if you had a 25% conversion last year and you haven't done anything wildly different, you'll probably have a 25% conversion this year. I think you can kind of go understanding that's the rules of the road, but also no magic can do to inflate those numbers, right? Yeah. So what happens is that if someone's, let's say, looking at me and then they see what everything I do, 14 years into my journey, 13. Well, I guess I'm 12 years into the journey. What year is it? <laughs> 2012 is the year that I actually was like, became a grown up in my business. So every yeah. year, nine years, I am nine years of being a grown up in my business. If someone is three years in and they're thinking they need to do exactly what I did, it's yes. actually wrong. Because the universe only requires a hundred percent of our effort. And so my hundred percent is different than someone who's younger in business. I put that in quotes. and I include, it doesn't matter if you've been doing your business for ten years. If you had like babies and toddlers and then a dying parent, like that, you're still it's from the moment you could actually become an actual grown up in your business where you could actually put, a reasonable amount of time into your business. Yep. What the universe is going to ask from you looks different from me because what I can do easily looks different than what you can do easily. So, first you have to decide what's your 100%, and then know that even if that 100% doesn't get you to the finish line and it shouldn't, you know, I'm using should in the best way possible because I want you to have big desires that require some magic the space that fills the gap between what you can do easily and the finish line is the space for magic. That's the space you need to leave for magic. And so you schedule yourself to do what you can do easily. That's where the ease comes in. And then trust that the universe is going to take over from there.
0: Well, and I love that because that's essentially like literally what we do here. Like that's my... My whole thing about planning is all planning is is deciding the hundred percent, you know, in advance because our brain isn't so great in the moment deciding that that's our hundred percent because it always thinks we should be doing more, right? So like if you decide what you're doing for the week or for the project or for the quarter, like you've decided, you've decided that that's what you're hundred percent, and then watching how we just beat ourselves up the second like. Sometimes, even the second magic comes in because we're like, oh, we should be doing more. We should be, you know, like, and it's, it's, so that's, it's interesting. So, really, planning is about, is about the 100%. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. And I will say also, the one thing about time management, specifically, where I see people like mess with this concept is Mm -hmm. plan to dedicate. An amount of time to the project not to the outcome of that particular time slot so if you have to write five emails um you have to figure out exactly you know what you think that's going to take you let's say you think it's going to take you five hours um and you want to double that that's what creates the ease yeah so then you're going to schedule 10 hours and let's say it's in an hour, you know, you have hour chunks on your calendar. When you go to that hour, you don't go demanding an almost finished email out of yourself. You go to yourself, go to that hour with an open heart and open energy and invite in the email and do what you can do in that hour. And when you finish that hour, understand you have done your hundred percent. Don't put a requirement on what that hour is supposed to create, but you do have to commit to that hour, which means you don't bounce over to emails in that hour. You don't get up and move a load of laundry. You don't go make yourself a snack, right? If you're committing an hour to that project, you you go all in.
0: Yeah, and and actually this for me brings up an interesting part of your book too, which is you focus for a big part of it on sort of like, you know, a lot when we talk about magic a lot in, in our current world. You know, there's this understanding that it's all good, that it's all positive, like that there's a lot of positive energy and that if we feel bad, it's it's bad. I guess that's more like law of attraction language. So what's interesting to me and like we catch ourselves a lot in flow is, you know, when you say you're going to spend that hour writing e- writing this email, you can't go to your inbox, you can't do the laundry, like you can't do all the other things but you can have this process of like getting frustrated and letting that emotion flow through you. You can, um, you know, there's, there's things that you can do that I don't think we always make space for, which is really like letting the good and the bad emotions flow through us, which then allows for the magic to come through. And I think we think that writing an email or whatever task that we have in our calendar means we're supposed to be happy and like you know, doing it the whole time, and that, it, that 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 that's that more that outcome based thing.
1: Yeah, and and I no, I think yeah. There's an there's an important
0: piece of that.
1: It's not just outcome based. It's also experiential based. Yeah, hundred percent. So if I'm a real entrepreneur, if I'm a real badass, if I'm a real hustler, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna like bang out that email. You know, like that's what real entrepreneurs look like. No. No, yeah. (laughs) you as a real entrepreneur looks like whatever you look like sitting down to type that email. And for most people, all your fears about whether this is going to succeed are going to come up in that hour. Every single one of them. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I don't love that, but that is the truth. Yeah, yeah, I, love I love that experience with that clarity. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, and so actually, will you touch on that briefly? Because I think that's really helpful um, is just this idea that, um, you know, when we're, when we're focusing on making space for magic, when we're focusing on receiving and, and most of us, when we're going to ask for things, we're going to ask for good things, I would assume, <laughs> you know, like things that uh, have a positive twist to them or a positive vibe. Will you talk a little bit about how the negative like weaves into that just so that, yeah. because I think we feel like we're off track or we're wrong somehow, if we feel really bad one day, or like somehow we've like ruined our chance of receiving that thing or experience. yeah. So when I um, stepped off the corporate track, so I
1: was a corporate banker for 15 years and moved into this space, it was like a whole Pandora's box, but like mostly good stuff I thought was like opened up to me. And I I ran down the rabbit hole of law of attraction and spirituality and, and all of these things. And the consistent message was, um, if you, you know, think it, it will be, you know, or like thoughts become things and blah, 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 blah. blah. And then the message was, if the thing isn't there, it's because you did, you did something wrong. You didn't visualize enough. You didn't, you weren't as if enough, you weren't positive enough. And there were so many teachers that I took classes with. I can't say any of my personal mentors, but a lot of the like things where I bought programs and read books was like, You know, if whatever's not coming, you know, act as if, visualize, blah, blah, blah. And for years I was like, gotta do that, gotta do that. And suddenly I was like, F this, like screw this. And it was one summer. I just had a massive pity party for myself for a lot of reasons. Mostly I was just exhausted. And so many awesome things came that year. And it got me to like reconsider a lot. And I realized, you know, yo, dum-dum, you have a master's in psychology and you know how the brain works. And none of this actually integrates with what you actually know about positive, meaning good, emotional and psychological processing. And I realized there was long before spiritual bypassing became like lexicon, you know, common top topics. We, if you do any type of personal development, spiritual law of attraction work, most likely that's what you've heard. And in fact, the complete opposite is true. And it's in allowing in whatever you feel that you move out of resistance. So for me, receiving is really this kind of like amorphic. Kind of con- concept. Like it's not like we, we think we understand it, but when we're trying to be like, how do we receive or how do we be in receiving, we need something to push off of. Like what's the opposite of receiving? And it's not giving, it's resistance. Oh, I love that. Say that again. <clears throat> the
0: opposite of receiving.
1: The opposite of receiving is not giving. The opposite of receiving is resistance. Similar to the way that love isn't the opposite of hate. Yeah. Um, Or hate isn't the opposite of love. Apathy is the opposite of love. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, with receiving the opposite is resistance. So when you have emotions coming up, if you're resisting them, you're blocking receiving, you know, that's what's blocking receiving. When you give a gift, or you give your time when you do it from a loving place, that's not the opposite of receiving, you're not taking away from your receiving energy. It's when you're resisting, anything, a gift, a compliment, but also your emotions, whatever they are. And it's so important to let them in. Now, there is a piece of that manifestation methodology that's important, which is if you use your mind to generate negative feelings, like if you sit there and you're like, you suck, you know, look at you you couldn't get this done. That stuff you don't want to really let it run wild. But to actually sit down to write an email and fear, feel terror, that's a legitimate feeling, by the way, a feeling I have felt many, many times. Because deep down inside, underneath that terror, that terror is, I will never get this email done. And then beyond that is that means I will never sell the thing I need to sell. That means this business will not be a success and I will need to forego my life dream. You know, there's something real in that terror and it deserves your time and attention.
0: Okay. Get off my pulpit. I love that. And what do you recommend just out of curiosity that people do in that situation? Just deep breaths. I mean, in my experience, it sort of passes. If you're really experiencing it, it passes in a minute or two, but
1: the, um, the brain can only hold, uh, the experience of an emotion for, um, one to two minutes. Yep. Yeah. And, um, Jill Bolte Taylor in her book, um, stroke of genius, I think was the name of it was the one where she watched herself have a stroke. She's actually a neuropathologist scientist. And she says it's 90 seconds. I think sometimes people need a little bit more than that, but either way, If you're having that terror, if you set your timer for two minutes and you breathe and you just breathe and you don't insert a new thought into the terror, like, oh my God, is this terror ever going to end? But you literally just breathe it and watch it move in your body.
0: Most of the time it's gone by 45 seconds. Yeah. And it's amazing. I find in those 40, you know, in that minute, how quick it is to like grab a cookie or like, you know, just walk away from the computer, you know, it, it's, we really do sabotage ourselves in those moments. And it's so rewarding after the two minutes, usually to still be there, you know, at the task at hand.
1: <laughs> yes. And I, and I want to say something about that sabotage, which is, you know, when you are starting to feel that terror and then you grab a cookie, Right. Understand what you're doing is yes, in concept, it's sabotage, but you're actually for the functioning brain doing the most loving thing that you can think to do. So basically, you're experiencing terror. And if you put sugar into your mouth, it will short circuit that and actually start a different brain chemical process. However, the original process is now stuck, it actually has to finish. And as it builds up and builds up, it creates all these neurochemical and hormonal interactions. And I won't go into them, but then that's where cortisol builds up because it's still trying to complete the fight or flight experience because now it believes that terror is permanent and real.
0: Yeah. That's really important. Thank you for clarifying that. I love that. Um, And all of this, I just think is so... um, I just, I don't know. I just think it's also important. So thank you so much for writing the book. And I think everyone should go read it. <laughs> we're we're going to be giving it away at our live event in December. So Yay! I'm excited thank for you. that. Yay. Do you have anything that I've missed? Like that feels like it would close your loop of your story?
1: um No, not m- my story. But um, the one thing I, that we didn't touch on that I think specifically for the time we're in is really important <laughs> is that you know, it can feel very disorienting to go through this for the first time. And something I find that's really helpful is to ask for signs that you're on the right track. And um, just know that your guides, your angels, your loved ones, they send you thousands of signs a day, thousands we actually have a hard time seeing that signs because we, we can't believe that everything that's showing up is a sign and it actually is. So I think specifically for their time that we're in, as you engage this, even thinking about it, even if you're not taking action on it, come up with a sign that you'll recognize and ask every being on your spirit team to send you that sign as much as possible to tell you you're on the right track. And, and to me, that gives a lot of comfort. I um, made a really scary decision last week. I mean, if I told you, I'm not going to talk about what it is, but if I told you what it was, you'd be like, whatever. But <laughs> created, and not that you specifically would, yeah. <laughs> not like that, but it created a real adrenaline, like fear re- response. Yep. And, um, I was working with a mentor at the time where this download came through of what I needed to do. And she said, there's a lot of healing angels here for you. And I said, thank you. And I went out for a walk and um, I didn't ask for a specific sign. The point that I'm at, I don't need specific specificity because I can see the signs pretty easily. But if you're just starting out, it's helpful to pick the sign so you're not confused. And all of a sudden I went out for a walk and my timer goes off, went off, but I didn't set my timer. And it's this tinkly, like went, like a sound that I feel is like angelic. And then I'm walking like three more steps and all of a sudden someone's wind chime starts going off. And since then I've been hearing bells and chimes, like, like for the last four days, it's been crazy. And I know my angels are like, we're right by you. We're right here, girl. So it's really, even for me, who have been doing this for so long, this
0: signs help and they really are comforting. I love that. I love that. Well, I'll t- share a funny one actually that happened this morning that has nothing to do with like anything really angelic, but I was driving home from dropping a kid off at school and I was like, I've been so good at like making my cup of coffee or tea in the morning. Like... I'm just like, and, and, you know, COVID and everything, like, thank goodness, like got me out of the habit of like buying things out. Cause I was sort of doing that unconsciously. And but I was like, you know what, today I have a really full day. And I was like, I just want like to get the thing. And so I, I was driving by, I was like, if there's one person in line, I'll go, you know, there's literally never one person in line, by the way, at eight o'clock in the morning, there was one person in line, like I could see in the window. So I pulled in and then, um, I had, I also don't deal a lot in cash right now because of, you know, obviously because of. Covid or whatever. So I'm always using a card, but yesterday I had used a gift certificate and had gotten given back cash, and it was five fifty one. Guess how much the drink cost? five fifty one. I was oh my like, really gosh. You can't make ones. that stuff up.
1: <laughs> and by the way, I also find our technology kind of signals us. And yes. I love, I think you got an alert or something. Oh, but yes, yes. It did it you hear it? Heard oh, yes. <laughs> but like, it's the only time the whole time we've been talking, right? Yeah the angels going yes this
0: yes 100 yes, 100 i love that oh my gosh so good well thank you so much for being here um tell everybody how to find you like what's the best way to connect with you these days
1: yeah so if you want to get the book the um the page that where we talk about it and you or the order links you go to pattylennon.com forward slash make space for magic otherwise um just come to my website pattylennon.com and certainly if you want to talk to me there's a contact form right there um send me a message and um oh my podcast space for magic actually that's the best place so head over to space for magic follow the podcast um I'm there every week and sharing insights about stuff like this interviews all that stuff
0: so fun. And everybody, I've known Patty for a long time. She's helped me a lot throughout my business journey. And I'm always super grateful for all of her wisdom. So definitely go check it out. Well, oh, thank you. All right. I hope you love my chat with Patty. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action. Because I do believe that action is where real change comes from. And here's the deal about action it's not meant to be huge. It's meant to be the small little things that you do consistently that really add up over time. Here's another thing about action that we're really going to prove to you today. It's not the old paradigm of pushing and doing hard things. Action can be really loving and nurturing. All right. That doesn't always mean it's easy, but it can be loving and nurturing. So here's three from Patty's episode, my chat with Patty Lennon. Number one, accept you are enough. Patty says that whenever spirit guides come, some of the first things they say are, you are loved. We're proud of you. What if we believed that? What if you believed that? What if we believed we were loved and enough all the time? Tell yourself that every day. Start the day by saying it into your mirror. Leave yourself a I love you or an I'm proud of you note somewhere where you can find it. And just keep repeating this to yourself for a week. That's the doable change. That's the action behind accepting you're enough. See how little that is? Little notes, little love notes, little reminders so that you can remember what actually you already know. Number two, stop resisting claims on your time. Creating space for magic doesn't just happen, but creating too much resistance energy doesn't help either. So Patty recommends getting to a point of letting claims on your time wash through you instead of holding them off. One first step, the doable change for the week, is in doing this is using a time framework where you block off time for yourself. So that's the doable change of this week. Just block off time for yourself. And practice not resisting taking that time for yourself. All right? Number three, sit with the fear. The brain can only hold fear for one to two minutes. I love that. Really, the brain can only hold any hard emotion for one to two minutes. When you feel the terror that you won't succeed and want to leave the work you're doing to grab a cookie You are trying to get out of the discomfort instead of going to grab the cookie or getting up or procrastinating or going to Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is that you do when that fear creeps in. Instead, set a timer for 90 seconds or two minutes and sit and breathe through the fear without switching what you're doing. Just breathe, feel the fear and breathe, and when it passes, continue with your task at hand and see what just starts to happen. Again, all doable changes are are experiments that you're running for a week to see what it's like. So if you don't like it, you can go back to the way it was next week. All right? So again, those three doable change are accept you are enough, stop resisting claims on your time, and sit with the fear. And Again, as we share in every episode, I always serve you three doable changes so you can take the one that most resonates with you and really lean into it, fit, in, fit it into your days, fit it into your week, whatever. Just make it work for you, but one at a time. And then once you've got that one down, you can move on to the next one. But we found over and over and over again that the more simple you make change, the more likely. It is to happen and compound over time. All right, I will see you all on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.